If you would, get your Bibles. Taking our text from Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I want to thank Brother Hughes for giving me the call Monday and allowing me to be here with you this Sunday. I've been scatterbrained all week and my mind has been mush. But uh, I found time to pray and seek the face of God and I feel like I have a word for you this morning. But you've got to receive it. If I just come up here and give you a speech, you can leave it right there at the pew and walk out the same way that you came in. Or you can decide and say, you know what, whatever comes my way, the Bible says the word of God does not return void. You can take it or you can leave it, but God's word will go forth from now until the end of time. Amen. Romans chapter 8, begin reading at verse 33. It says, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ Jesus that died. Yea, rather that was raised from the dead. Who is at the right hand of God who also maketh intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or anguish or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. Even as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We were accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors. It don't end there. That's where we like to end it. We like to say we are more than conquerors and it's over. But it says we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a promise that is, that nothing can become a wedge between me and my Savior, that neither death, when I die, it's not the end, that when I have life in my spirit, it's not the end, that there is more, that nothing, nothing shall separate us from the love of Jesus. Verse 37, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that love us. You may be seated. The NLT says, verse 35 says, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? Or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. 
No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, nothing shall separate us. Nothing shall create a wedge between me and my God. Nothing will keep me from having a relationship with my Savior. Today, for a little while, I want to talk to you on the subject. You are more than what you have become. You are more than what you have become. You say, Brother Landon, well, you know, I, I think I've turned out pretty successful. You know, I, I come to church faithfully and I'm a, I'm a good Christian and I've, I've received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, you're still more than what you have become. You say, well, Brother Landon, I, I, I'm nothing. I'm a, I'm a failure. I haven't, I haven't averaged up to anything. I, 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 can't, I can't even walk right. Well, you are more than what you have become. You are more than conquerors, which means to be more than a conqueror, to gain a surpassing victory, or to be an overcomer. To be an overcomer. There's a story, man, by the name of Louis Pasteur, his co-worker in demonstration of what used to be called the germ theory, was Dr. Felix Rue, a Jewish doctor in Paris. The physician's granddaughter had died of black diphtheria, and he vowed to find out what had killed her. The Medical Association of Paris succeeded in getting Pasteur exiled because they disagreed with his methods of research. But that did not stop him. He built a laboratory in the forest in order to continue his forbidden research. Twenty beautiful horses were led out into the forest to the laboratory. Scientists, doctors, and nurses came to watch the experiment. Rue opened a steel vault and took out a large pail filled with the black diphtheria germ. There were enough germs in that pail to kill everyone in France. The scientist went to each horse and swabbed its nostrils, tongue, throat, and eyes with this deadly germ. Every horse except one developed a terrific fever and died. Most of the doctors and scientists wearied the experiment and did not return for what they thought would be the death of that last horse. For several more hours, for several more days... That final horse lingered, lying pathetically on the ground, while Rue, Pasteur, and several others were sleeping on cots in the stables. The orderly on duty had been instructed to sit watch, and if anything changed in the horse's behavior, they were to come and to let them know. Suddenly, about 2 a.m., the temperature showed a half-degree decrease. And the orderly awakened Dr. Rue. By morning, the thermometer had dropped two more degrees. By night, the fever was entirely gone and the horse was able to stand, eat, and drink. Then Dr. Rue went and grabbed a sledgehammer and reared back and popped the horse right between the eyes. Instant blow, death. The scientists drew all the blood from the veins of this animal that had developed the black diphtheria, but had overcome it. The scientists drove as fast as they could to the municipal hospital in Paris. They forced their way past the superintendent and the guards 
and went into the ward where 300 babies lay, segregated to die from this disease. With blood of the horse, they forced every one of the babies with this blood. But three lived, but the, all but three were saved. All but three were saved out of 300 babies because of the blood of an overcomer. Because one said, you know what, I can lay here and be sick. I can lay here and die just like the rest of them. But I am more than just a sick horse. I am more than what I have become. I know that they've swabbed this germ inside of me and it's destined for me to die just like the rest of them. But I can't give up that easy. I have got to become a fighter and I have got to be an overcomer. Even though I'm faced with even death, I am more than what I have become. I'm a sick and dying horse, but I am more than that. Revelation says in chapter 12, verse 11, And they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto the death. We are more than conquerors. We are more than overcomers. We are more than what we have become. That horse could have been like the rest and said, I'll give up too. Maybe I should do the same and just die. But he knew deep down he was born and destined to be greater. But we preach, we are more than conquerors and we end it there. But it says, through Him. Through Him that loved us. How did He love us? The Bible says, for God so loved the world that He gave. That He gave His life. We can't comprehend that kind of love. We can't comprehend the kind of love that would allow us to commit adultery with our God. And say, God, you know what, I'd, I'd much rather come out here in the world and, and, and stay out here. But yet we come back to God. It says that God is to love the church as the, God is to love the church and man is to love the wife as God loved the church. That means that when we come to God and say, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That it would be that easy for God just to say, no, I'm done with you. But because of love, he saved us. We must come through the Father. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Philippians 4.13 says, Oh, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. The person we really are is what surfaces when we are in time of turmoil. You'll notice who a person really is. At their most distraught time. When everything seems to be going wrong. They say. Oh. You start to see their true side. Whether they get angry or bitter or upset. You see Jonah while he was on the boat. He was, he was fine. He was safe. Until the storm came. When the storm came. He got up and he began to get troubled. And say it's my fault that we're even in this spot now. You know I've got to do something. And then he finds himself being thrown overboard. In one translation, he says, I did think of you while I was sinking, God. So many times we come to God as just our rescue. But where are we when everything's going right and we're asleep on the boat? Where are we when God has made us promise after promise, given us blessing after blessing? 
And we say, God, you know, thank you for your blessing, but I'm, I'm going to go home now. Thank you very much. Where are the ones that will say, God, even now, Lord, even now, Lord, I will praise you. Even now, Lord, I will worship you. Though I may not understand, God, it's not for me to know. God, but even now, I praise you. I can tell you in those moments, you are more than what you have become. You become fearful. You become scared. You become worried. But you know what? You're more than that. You are so much more than that. And I wish everybody in here can see what God has for you. I wish somebody in here could see the potential that God wants to take you. Oh, you are so much more than what you have become. Not degrading anything that you've done in the past. Not degrading who you are today. But telling you there is a future for your tomorrow. That if you could take hold of it, lies a revival for this church. If you could take hold of it, lies a revival for your family. If you could take hold of what God has for you, God could transform this city. Oh, God can transform even your life. Oh, God, I am more than what I have become, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Are you more than what you have become? Is there potential lying in some of you dormant because you've just said, you know, I'll be like the bench warmers on the sidelines and I'll watch everybody else come up to the front and praise God. I'll watch everybody else get blessed by God. I'll watch everybody else be filled with the Holy Ghost. Or is there something inside of you that says, I want to be more than my present circumstance. I want to be more than what I've become. I, I know that I'm happy with life. I know I've got a good job. I know I've got a great family. But God, there's more. God, you have so much for for me, God. God is calling you today to be more. He isn't telling you that you should have gotten another degree. He isn't telling you that you should be living in a bigger house or you should be making more money. He is simply saying you are more than what you have become. You see, becoming more is much more different than having to do more. It's easy to do a little bit more. It's easy to take a few steps at a time and gradually work at something and become a little better. But for you and yourself to become more takes complete, complete dedication. And saying, God, if I have to get up every morning and fast, Lord, and I have to pray, Lord, until I feel something break, God, I'm going to do it. God, if I have to set some things aside, Lord, I'm going to do it. God, whatever it takes for me to be more, I want to do it. It's easier to do something than it is to actually become something. Are you destined to be more than you have become? I can't base where I'm going on where I've been. What I can be has little to do with what I am or have been. What I want to be, can be, and need to be have everything to do with where I'm going. I have to choose and take action. If I'm not growing, I'm dying. If I'm not moving forward, I'm slipping backwards. If I'm not learning, I'm forgetting what I've learned. If I'm not exercising, I'm losing what abilities I've had. The same with our spiritual life. If we're not moving forward, we're slipping backwards. 
There is no lukewarm. Jesus said, be hot or cold, but do not be lukewarm or I will spew you out of my mouth. That the fact that God would even be disgusted to the fact that we come in here. Why is that? Why is it that we are hot and cold and we want to be right there in the middle? We want to live borderline on the fence of the world and God. And God says, no, 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 no. Choose you this day who you will serve. Choose you this day who you will serve. When Elijah went before the prophets of Baal, he said that same thing. Choose you this day who you will serve. If God be God, then let him be God. But if Baal be God, then follow him. You know the story. Baal's prophets come and they try to get the fire to come, but nothing happens. But when it's Elijah's turn, he says, not only are we going to restore what has been broken, not only are we going to put some things back that has fallen down, we're going to restore an altar. We're going to restore that place of sacrifice. Repentance, if you will. He said, not only that, but go fill up some barrels and we're going to drown this thing. We're going to put it underwater. Baptism, if you will. We're going to cover it with water so that you can't be saying, well, there was a match maybe at the bottom of it already burning some embers. No, sir. He said, we're going to baptize it with water. And then after that, they called on God and the fire fell. The Holy Ghost, if you will. You want the fire to fall again. You want to become more than what you have become. Restore that altar in your life and say, God, I repent again, Lord. God, I'm preparing that altar back in my life, Lord. God, I'm restoring what once was there but has been lost. God, and then I'm going to rebaptize it, God. God, I'm going to put it under the water. God, I'm going to put it under the blood, Lord. God, and then the fire will fall. Oh, then your spirit will overcome us, God. Oh, and we will be consumed by your Holy Ghost and fire. So many have rejected what their legacy says they should be. They give excuse after excuse of why this and why that and why not. When all they have to do is wake up and realize they are more. They are more. How often do we forget who we are? As a child of God, I am the son of the king. But do I always remember that? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater. Larger, stronger, an overcomer, a redeemer that lives inside of me is greater than he, little h. The spirit of the Antichrist, than he that is in the whole world. Greater is he that is in me, one person, than he that is in all the opposition. Then he that is in every obstacle I face. He that is in every situation that I'm in. Oh, we like to hear it preached, but do we believe it when we're there by ourselves? When we're in the room all alone and the doctor says, we don't know what we're going to do. Do we believe it when they say, well, you know, you're... 
Your son's going to prison. I'm sorry. There's nothing we can do. Do we believe it when there seems to be no way that God truly is greater than any obstacle that we face? Do we believe that it is there inside of us that we said, God, you don't even have to be there and go with me if you will just speak the word. God, if you will just declare it to be so, that's good enough for me, God. I know that you stand on your promises. I know that you back up everything that you say, God. How often do we forget who we are? You are more than what you have become. And don't you ever, ever forget it. Romans 8 and 16 The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That's not even the good part. Verse 17 says, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. That if you are a child of the king, that you are heirs to great riches. You are heirs to great promises. You are heirs to be an overcomer. God said, I have it already for you if you'll be willing to be my child. You are more than what you have become. You question and you doubt in yourself. God, am I I really everything I, I thought I am? God, am I really a Christian? God, do I really believe this? God said you are more than what you have become. How often does God need to say to us, you are more than what you have become? We sacrifice our identity as children of God for lives of leisure and ease. Our homeland is a difficult place where we must battle against an enemy and stand for what is right. But that takes work. Much easier to stay in a place of pleasure, entertain and enjoy than to fight against the enemy who has robbed us of our identity and whisper in our ear, what have you done? What have you done? Church, you are more than what you have become. We don't realize that what we are is not what we are destined to become. So many come into church and they receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and they're baptized in Jesus' name and all the preacher told them to do was repent, be baptized in Jesus' name and you shall be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. They didn't say nothing about continuing a relationship with God. They have Holy Ghost crusades where they baptize hundreds and even thousands and see them baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. But where are they at in our pews? Where are the people that says, hey, there's more to this life than what you just experienced? There's a day-to-day basis. God, I'm yours. God, whatever you desire to do in me today, God, I want it, Lord. God, I want to be more than what I've become. God, I know I've already come this far, Lord, but I know I'm destined to be greater. God, I know that there's greater things just ahead. God, if I can just get there. David, a shepherd boy was destined to be more than just a shepherd boy. While his job was important. In fact, it was so important that when he was anointed to be king, he was still young and he went back to be a shepherd. You say, well, he digressed. He was anointed to be king. Why did he go back? Because he had a job to do. But he knew he was destined to be more than what he had become. 
Was being a shepherd a bad thing? Not at all. But he was destined to be more. He approaches a giant in the battlefield and defeats his giant. Wow, he was a conqueror. He was an overcomer. But we are more than overcomers. We are more than our greatest victories. We are more than our greatest battles. We are more than conquerors through Christ that loved us. We are everything that the word of God says that we are. You are more than that place that you are living at right now in your life. You were born to do more than just the job that you're working at now. You were destined to be more than just being satisfied sitting on a pew and doing nothing. You are destined to be more than what you have become. Because you are a child of the king. You have every tool inside of you. You don't have to ask for the power when it's already inside of you. He said in Acts 8, and ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That word power there means dynamite. It means you have that dynamite inside of you that every obstacle you face, all you've got to do is just blow it up right out of your way. That obstacle that is there, it's gone. That power is inside each and every single one of us. But we've got to take hold of that promise and say, God, I know the power worketh inside of us. God, and I know that I'm destined to be more. God, so why not put this power that's inside of me to use? God, it's not in my own ability, God. But we are more than conquerors through Christ. God, I can't do it by myself. God, but when I put my faith in you, God, Lord, I become more than a conqueror. God, I become more, God, than what I have become. A little over two weeks ago, on a Saturday night in a prayer meeting, woman at the church in Beaumont had an infection in both of her ears. Hasn't been able to hear out of either one of them except by hearing aid. In prayer meetings, she began to weep and cry because there was a time where she was a singer. She had a record out, several records out. She loved to sing for God. She loved to worship God. But because of her ear infection, it caused her to go deaf. And she couldn't hear what she sang anymore. She couldn't hear what note she was on. And she began to cry in that prayer meeting and said, God, I want to sing again. God, I want to worship you again. And tears began to fall down her face. And God had already been doing miracles. There was probably 20 or 30 miracles in one Saturday night prayer meeting. And I watched as she took the hearing aids out of her ears. And Pastor Green went over and laid his hands on her head and began to speak in her ear. And I watched as she began to cry. I can hear you. I can hear you. He got over in the other ear and began to pray and she, she couldn't respond. She couldn't, he still couldn't hear out of the other ear. And he began to pray even deeper. We all took hands with her and began to pray as a unified body and said, she's destined to be more than what she has become. She's destined to be more than just a deaf woman and accept it. And she began to pray. And I began to watch as she let out a wail. I can hear their prayers. I can hear out of both ears. God healed her right then and there. It wasn't by us. It was not by our prayers. But it was the power that worketh inside of us 
That same power is inside of each and every one of you. If you would just tap into it, I wonder what kind of healings could take place in this place today. I wonder who could receive the gift of the Holy Ghost today. If you said, God, it's not in me. It's not in my works, God. But I am more than a conqueror through you. God, I'm more than just a deaf woman. God, I'm more than just a blind man. Oh, God, I'm more than just a crippled. God, I'm more than what I have become. Oh, God. There's a man in the Bible by the name of Blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus. Nobody call him Bartimaeus. They call him by Blind Bartimaeus. Because that's what they known him as. He was a blind man. If he had a title above his head, it would say the blind man. But you know what? He wore a garment that identified him as a blind man. Everywhere he went, they would see his garment and say, I know that that man is a blind man. Well, how do you know? Because of the garment that he is wearing. He was identified by his handicap. But he knew he was more than what he had become. When he heard Jesus entering into the city, he cried, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. People tried to keep him quiet and say, hey, you've got to keep it down. You've got to be quiet. Don't, don't do that again. But he knew he was destined to be more than a blind man. He was destined to be more than the thing that had held him captive all of his life. And he said once to more, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And he said he cast down his garment. He hadn't been healed yet, but he said, I'm not going to be identified by that anymore. That garment, that old me, I'm not going to associate myself with that anymore. And he approached Jesus and said, wilt thou heal me? He said, thy faith hath made thee whole. Because you are willing to throw off what you have been identified by. Because you are willing to throw off that handicap. Say, God, I want to be more than what I have become. Lord, I've become a child, God, that is blind. God, I walked and lived my whole life blind. There was a man at the gate called Beautiful. And he sit there lame and crippled. And the disciples came that day and said, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he rose up and walked. He could have identified himself as a lame man for the rest of his life. Because he knew he was destined to be more than just a crippled lame man that sat outside. And just watched people go by and cry for alms all the day. Who are you? Are you just going to sit there and be satisfied being crippled in your life? Or are you going to say, I'm destined to be more? Destined to be more than what I have become. Stop waiting on your pastor to get a hold of God for you. Stop waiting for your neighbor to get out and shout. Stop waiting for mom and dad to give you all the answers that you need. Because you are more. You are more. That thing lies dormant inside of you already. The Bible says we are to stir up the gifts. We are to stir it up. The longer it sits there, it begins to harden. 
our hearts even become hardened because we just leave it there for so long and say, I, I, I don't really want to touch it. I, I've tried it before and it, it didn't work out too much like I, I wanted it to. The Bible says you've got to stir up them kids. You've got to understand there is more inside of you. You're destined to be more than what you have become this present day. Luke ten nineteen says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy. And nothing by any means shall hurt you. What a promise that when the enemy comes in front of me. I can tread upon him. And not have to worry about injuring myself. But it's according to that power that worketh inside of us. Noah you've been labeled a crazy man with no future. But can I tell you. You are more than what you have become. A man at the gate called beautiful was labeled a crippled. But he was more than what he had become. Joseph. He lived his life. His brothers beat him and threw him in a pit. Pulled him out and then sold him. Put him in a prison. Got out of there. Got right back into prison. Therefore he was labeled a prisoner. But he knew in his mind. Because he had had a dream a long way back when he was a child. And saw that one day his brothers would bow down before him. He knew that one day he was going to be lifted up. Not to exalt himself, but he knew that he had a promise. He knew that he had a purpose. So even though he was identified as a prisoner, he was more than what he had become. Start speaking into your own life. And encourage yourself. The negativity must stop. The fear must stop. And the doubt must stop. Or you will lie wandering for 38 years. How do I know that? Because the Bible says in Psalms 23 and 7. For as he thinketh in his heart. So is he. Oh God I'm, I'm a failure. As a man thinketh in a heart, so is he. God, I, I messed up. God, I, I'm a nobody. Or God, I'm somebody. God, I, I, I can do great things. I'm going to show you both opposing sides. When Moses is getting ready to take the people into the promised land, he decides to send some spies into Canaan, 12 of them. Joshua and Caleb come back and says, you know, there's some men out there who seem like pretty big men. But they stand not a chance against us. We are more than conquerors. We can defeat them and take them out. There is more inside of us than what we have become. We have become slaves to the Pharaoh. We have become beaten and torn down. But God has a promised land flowing milk and honey. It's for us. But the ten other spies came back and said, oh, there were giants in the land and they were all over the place. And, and, and in our own sight, we became as grasshoppers. In our own sight. Not because of what they saw, but because I started identifying myself as a failure. Because when I approached the enemy, I already began kneeling. Because I felt that he was greater than I was. Already I was bowing down in defeat. 
raising up the white flag and surrender. In our own eyes, we were as little grasshoppers. And it says, and so then we became grasshoppers in their eyes. They became grasshoppers in their eyes. What were they when they first walked out there? Were they taller giants? Were them other giants running in fear and trembling because these great giants? And then they said, oh, we were grasshoppers. And the giants immediately saw them shrink right there before their eyes. You don't think the power of your tongue has something to do with your life? Because of that, God caused them to wander in the wilderness for 38 years. Until every single one of the doubters, the murmurs, the complainers, until every single one of them had died. And then they got to enter into the promised land. What a shame to be right there at your promise and be led wandering. Because of the power of your tongue. You are more than what you have become. If you call yourself a loser and a quitter before the enemy ever gets to you, you ought to be ashamed. You are more than that. You are more than a little grasshopper. You are the Joshua and Caleb who says, we can take them. I don't care what opposition may come my way. I don't care what giant may stand in front of me. He's not bigger than the God that is inside of me. I am more than a conqueror. Who is a conqueror? A conqueror is a person who overcomes by force. A conqueror presses through. Irrespective of opposition forces. Until he wins the battle. A conqueror looks at failure as a lesson and then presses on towards success. Even in the face of defeat, a conqueror does not quit. He persists until he gets his breakthrough. A conqueror attains victory by overcoming the enemy. Then why do we bow down in defeat every time he comes against us? Why every time something bad happens in our life, we automatically begin to cower down to it? Would somebody get a boldness in their heart and say, I am more than a conqueror through Christ. By myself, if I approach it, I'm going to fail miserably. By myself, if I approach adversity, I'm going to fall and I'm going to hurt myself. God, but through you, through you, God, you've already paved the way. God, you got on a cross and you cried out, it is finished. God, it was a fixed fight from the very beginning. God, you said you were the lamb slain from the foundations of the world. God, before Adam was ever created, this battle was already won. God, the power was already there. God, if we would have tapped into it long ago, God, what strongholds could have been brought down? God, what Sunday school teachers would have stepped up and said, it's been lying dormant so long, but I'm more than what I've become. Oh, how many ushers are sitting there and said, I'm looking for any way to be used. There's more to this than what I've become. I'm not satisfied anymore. God, I can sit here and lie dormant. God, but you've already paid the price for me. God, you've already paved the way. God, so I'm going to walk through you. God, I'm going to walk to the way, the truth, and the life. Oh, God, oh, God. In 2 Kings 7, there was four leprous men sitting at the entrance of the city gate. 
after assessing the pathetic situation they were in, they come to a conclusion. Why stay here until we die? That simple. They could sit there at the gate and just rot until they died. Or they can say, you know what? We can be more than just four leprous men. We can be more than what we have become. So they said, well, we could, we could go back to the city, but they'll just throw us out again and probably even kill us. So we'll die there. But if we stay here, we'll surely die. So they get up and begin to approach the Syrian camp. And you think that when they get there, they're, they're scared, they're fearful of their life, and they're walking around. Would you believe not one of them was there? The leprous men are looking around at each other. What is going on? The other men said that they ran in fear because the Lord hath made a sound of hundreds and thousands of chariots and horses and men. God had made a sound for them. They were four men against a whole army. But the army began to hear something that sounded like a whole lot of men. A whole lot of ruckus. A lot of horses coming in and they thought, surely we're going to die. We've got to get out of here. And when the four leprous men came, there was food. There was treasures. There was everything they had been looking for. And they said, what did we do? What did we do? They made up in their mind, I can lay here and die. Or I can get up and go do something. I can get up and go do something for the Lord. I can get up and say, you know what? I can lie here, a leprous man. Or I can get up and become more than what I have become. And because of that, they ended up taking food back to those that cast them out. That was more than a conqueror. It's through Jesus Christ. We must realize that the only way we can be more than conquerors is through Him. Any other way leads to death and destruction. You won't win any battle except through Him. Your battle may be a disease. It may be your marriage, debt problem, demonic oppression. It really doesn't matter what you're going through. There is no battle too hard for Him to fight. Would you all stand? Jesus' disciples were tax collectors, fishermen, tent makers, and other traits. From the time they were born to the age of 13, they were to sit under a rabbi and be taught. Taught the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They were to be taught and instructed. And by the time they were 13, if that priest or that rabbi did not feel that that young man was good enough to become a priest. If he didn't feel he was wise enough to one day become a rabbi, he would send him back home to his father and say, you've got to do whatever your dad does. If dad was a fisherman, they had to go back home and learn the, the trade of being a fisherman. And they had to go back and be a fisherman. If their dad was a tax collector, they went and they learned how to do taxes. What if we had somebody in here that told us if we were good enough or not? Heads down and defeat. Walking home from that rabbi's house. I'm just a nobody. I'm a, I'm a failure. 
I'm going to be a tax collector just like my dad. I'm just going to be a fisherman. I'm just going to be a tent maker. Nothing, nothing really important, just doing what's needed. Until one day a man named Jesus saw some men on a boat. Some fishermen, not by choice, but because of what life had given them. And Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. But Jesus, you don't understand. I'm a fisherman. I can never become more than what I have become. I I tried. I went to school. I I studied. I I prayed, God, and I never got past that wall. Jesus said, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. You are destined to be more than what you have become. God, I'm a fisherman. God, I'm a tent maker. God said, you're more than that. You're my disciple. What a joy to be out there fishing one day and the next day following in the footsteps of Jesus. Seeing miracles take place. Seeing your family saved. Going into an upper room and being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh God, what an experience that must be. God, but we're so worried about the traits that we have now, God. We're we're car salesmen, and God, we work at a plant, and God, we, we, we're this and we're that. We're a failure. God, we're a plumber, God. We're, God, we're nobodies. We're his little grasshoppers. God is saying you're more than what you have become. He can take you from a nobody and make you a somebody. Some went back to making tents. Some went back to being tax collectors. Some went back to being fishermen. But God looked beyond the rough clothing and the rough edges of these ordinary men. And immediately he saw that they were more than what they had become. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And some of you say, well, that's what I am. I'm a drunkard. I'm a fornicator. I'm a thief. I'm a liar. And the Bible says, and such were some of you. But ye are washed, ye are sanctified, ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You might have been titled those things once more, but you are more than what you have become. You are more than what your past tells you that you are. You are more than what you presently are right now. God says, I know that you once were called that. But you are washed. You are sanctified. You are justified through Christ. Oh, I welcome you to these altars right now. Oh, God, I want to be more than what I've become. God, I may be successful already, God. 
Oh, but I want to be more than what I've become. Oh, God. Oh, I'm sanctified. Oh, I'm justified. Oh, I'm washed by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, I am more than what I have become. God, I'm more than just a man. I'm more than just a woman. Oh, I'm a child of the King. God, I have heirs of yours that are coming down. If you could get past your own mind that tells you you'll never make it, that tells you you're a nobody, that tells you you're nothing but a grasshopper. Oh, but if you could ever say, I'm stepping into what God has for me. I believe that I am more than a conqueror through Him. By myself, God, I'm going to fall every time. Oh, but today on this Sunday morning, oh, I am more than what I have become. Yes, God. Lord, take my life. Oh, transform me, God, from the man that I am now to the man that you're calling me to be. Oh, he's calling some prayer warriors. He's calling some Sunday school teachers. Oh, he's calling some ushers. Oh, he's calling some altar workers. Oh, God, I'm more than what I have become. Oh, I'm not going to be identified a blind man anymore. God, I'm throwing down that cloak. I'm throwing down that garment that says I'm a nobody. Oh, God. I'm walking into the promises of God. Oh, I'm stepping out, God, by faith, knowing, Lord, that you have it for me. Oh, if you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, God's given it to you today. Oh, he can do it for you today. Say, God, I'm not the man I need to be. I'm not the woman that I need to be. Oh, I am more than the sinner that I am. Oh, I am more than who I am now. Oh, God. Lord, as a people. God, as a church. God, as an individual, Lord. Oh, we are more than what we have become. Oh, God. Let us break through in our minds. God, that's what being a conqueror is. An overcomer, Lord. Lord, let us overcome every obstacle. Oh, we see a mountain before us. Oh, and we are in no shape to climb. Oh, God. You are more than my mountain. You are more than my circumstance. God, for you are the master of our moments. God, when we walk in adversity. Oh, we are more than what we have become. Take my wings. 
Oh, God. It's time some of you start speaking things as though they are that are not. Oh, God. I don't have the financial blessing I need, but I'm speaking it today. God, I'm speaking it as if it is.